Hello, everybody, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Casey Muratori. And I'm Anna Retberg. And uh, I, so eagle-eared listeners <laughs> of Molly Movie Club will notice they will hear a difference today. They will? Yes. What is this difference? I do not have my notebook. Oh. And uh, and their, their expertly tuned hearing will be noticing the different deflections, the different audio paths reaching the microphone, <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, I see Casey doesn't have his, microphone, <laughs> his notebook with him. <laughs> Casey doesn't have his notebook with him, does he? I wonder why that is. And why is that? I'm very glad you asked that question, <laughs> Anna and listeners, uh, because I... I this movie is going to be so difficult for me to discuss. I wrote down one thing the whole time from so the you entire had, you movie. You had the notebook with you during the movie. Yes, one thing, and okay. I remember what the thing is. What is the thing? I want. We need to know. The movie club needs to know. What is the thing? The opening, like they show a film. The opening of this movie yeah. shows a film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you could argue that this is the first this fits <laughs> movie we've had that fits a streak. It's got a it's a two x combo. Yeah. it could have been in last month's it could have been, movie yeah. club, yeah. and it can't could have been in this month's movie club. Yeah, they show a film mm-hmm. made by Steve Zissou, mm-hmm. uh, which is. I think how the movie should open it makes sense because it's like this guy's a filmmaker, yeah. and you're sort of seeing what kind of films he makes. It. It, like the note I made was just like it just feels so lazy, yeah, to me. Anyway, <laughs> but I didn't. Basically, my comment on the film throughout the entire film is basically just that, and I would have just been writing it over and over and over again. In general, I just find this to be an incredibly lazy film, hmm. and we can talk about why. But yeah. the best I'm gonna get this entire, I hope, I hope you have a ton of things to say. <laughs> uh, Anna Farnsworth Vestibule <laughs> Retberg the Third, um, because I am just going to be a broken record. I think in this podcast, you know, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not sure I have a ton to say. Like, there's, there's the things I like about this movie are things that I would like about all Wes Anderson movies. Right. Like the things that are good about this are the things that he is good at. Right. Like, the visual style is delightful. Um, it's shot really well. It's really nice to look at, right? Yeah. Um, th- there's so much attention to detail in everything visual, mm-hmm. from the colors to the to the sets to the costumes. Like, I love the look of this movie. I love, the, like, the silly outfits they wear and the little red yes. caps, <clears throat> the dolphins with the, you know, with, like, I, the cameras on. Um, the little model of the ship and the actual set of the yeah, ship oh, are man, both that, fantastic. That, that um, one, that the first introductory shot of the ship where it's, like, the cutaway yeah, and then they yeah, go yeah. to each room of it. It's, like, it's it's awesome. It's All that great. stuff is great. Yeah, so creative and so inventive, and and like that. It's definitely you know Wes Anderson. Is, his style is so distinctive, and it, he always makes the same kind of movie. But yeah. you're always happy to happy to see it. At least I am. Nobody else shoots a movie that looks like this. Uh, but yeah, in general, I just felt like this movie. It was just kind of like a mess. Yeah, I, I just, felt I, I, the reason I used lazy to describe it mm-hmm. is it just felt like. People were not really thinking about how how would this be an interesting thing to watch ever. It's yeah. like they never cared. And like a, a lot of it, especially that. in the early parts of it, 
I found it very hard to tell like what was even happening. Um, it, it felt be- completely almost as if you had completely ad libbed it, which it wasn't. Uh, yeah. As far as I know, yeah. it was complete. You know, it's it's Wes Anderson and Noah Bamba, mm-hmm. uh, right? Yeah, I, I yes, believe. Yes, so, they wrote it. Yeah. You know, it, it's not really an ad lib movie, as far as I know. I've never gone and looked to see what the screenplay actually contains. Maybe it just has scene after scene of they talk. But but I assume it's got you know the, the whole thing written out. But it really doesn't feel like it. Yeah, and it's it's like at the at, toward the end, I think I started I started getting a little more from it. Mm. Because I think there's a little more focus on like what the character was about and what he was learning and maybe like, yeah like I actually kind of enjoyed right around the ending I thought there was some like fairly nice stuff like when they go down in the sub and they see the like shiny shark yeah and like you know the moment when everyone like puts their hand on his shoulder you know I was like I kind of get this I get what they're going for with this moment and I think it's actually nice I don't think it's quite earned. Um, because like I, I think yeah. the first part of the movie just doesn't do a good enough job of like setting up Steve Zizou as like a character. I agree. And I feel like it was it, it, it's like it, it could have worked. I think but with that ending, I'm like, okay, I see. I think maybe what they were hoping or trying to sort of achieve maybe with this character, um, but it just falls really flat and it feels kind of like a mess. And I, I thinking through Wes Anderson's movies in general, which I haven't quite seen all of, but I suppose I've seen a lot of. The overall observation I would make is that I feel like he struggles a lot with main character. Like the idea that there has to be, not that there has to be a main character, I guess I wouldn't say that because that's probably not true, but that the audience has to identify like a primary thing at some point. They have yeah. to kind of be able to latch on to something to like carry them through the movie. And in in some of his movies, he manages to find that. Yeah. And in others, he doesn't. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, it's cool that he doesn't do like, he has his own formula, right? Yes. It's not that his movies aren't formulaic. They are. But they're like the Wes Anderson yeah, formula, yeah. right? Um, so it's actually cool that he's doing that. It means when you go to see one of his movies, you're not just seeing the same kind of movie as everybody else. Oh, yeah, else. yeah, definitely. But it also means, like, they're in this really high-risk category for me mm-hmm. where sometimes, uh, like, Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm-hmm. Rushmore, uh, there's like the 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 plot and what is moving you through this movie yeah. and keeping you engaged in it works really well for right. me and then there's others of his movies where it really doesn't mm-hmm. and sometimes Moonrise Kingdom was another okay. good really good one I thought yeah yeah I like um, that one and so I guess what I'd say this film is probably the low point for me there's other films that are sort of like this Bottle Rocket is kind of similar in like amorphous kind of nature. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, in this movie uniquely of all of his that I've seen, the inter the actual like interactions of the actors mm-hmm. are just not interesting. Yes. And that's a lot of times like in Bottle Rocket, it makes up for it because like the dynamic between the characters there, like the way that they talk to each other is just inherently silly and funny mm-hmm. and you're kind of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's like, it's just not. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work out. No, I because like I think 
this sort of quirky style, I think, does struggle a little bit with like main characters because the side characters end up being a lot stronger. Like, uh, like Willem Dafoe's character is like right. hilarious. He stands yes. out a lot. Yeah. Um, like, so I feel like that's sort of a problem uh, when you're asking the audience to really like. Yeah, like watch a bunch of scenes with a bunch of characters talking, which is really that the whole movie is. It's very talking, like it's a talking kind of movie, right? Um, and it's just you never, you're never really engaged. At least I wasn't. Um, well, it's sort of a talking movie, but at the same time, it's actually got a lot of action sequences. <laughs> weirdly I, enough, you know what? so I you know, I love, love, I love the scene. Where they're all in the wetsuits and they're like sneaking into the ruins of the, yeah. the hotel. I, lo- I mean, I loved it. It's so good. Like the music, the way everybody, the way it's shot. You know, he always loves to do the the sort of um, truck shots. I think they are. They would be right um, left to right. Like just, just yeah. on a on, yeah, a on a track. On a track. Yeah. And uh, following people. It, it's just like it looks so inherently silly, like the way everybody's running in their little wetsuits and caps. And it's just it was so funny. I I just loved it. Um, I, I so again, like this is the weird part about this movie for me, though. Mm-hmm. L- let me say something separate about this movie first, sure. actually, because sure. it comes up there, but it comes up basically everywhere in this movie. I don't like this movie. I just don't. Like, I don't enjoy watching it. Yeah. It's the second time I've watched it. I didn't enjoy it the first time. I didn't enjoy it this time either. Yeah, yeah. What's weird about that, though, Mm -hmm. is that in theory, I love this movie. That's the weird part. I see. Like, the idea of, like, okay, it's a a Bill Murray-led film about a guy who makes nature documentary films, Mm -hmm. and, like, it's going to be done in this, like, sort of... A farcical style mm-hmm. with like ridiculous things, like everyone on this team for some reason has a sidearm, right? Mm-hmm. Like for at sea, which doesn't make any sense, well, but even, later it does. And even the idea, I think, too, of like you have this like f- famous naturalist, like yeah. in the end, they think they, it's like the Jacques Cousteau, like yeah. society, or whatever. So it's clearly kind of based on like that sort yes. of public figure, and the idea that like his public image versus who he actually is as a person, like the conflict there. Yeah. Like I think that's also a great idea. And just the whole thing about like like at the beginning, uh, you know, I, I quoted this line to you because I remembered it. <laughs> yeah, and love yeah, it. yeah. At the beginning, where they're like, "What's the scientific purpose of finding this shark?" And he's just like, "Revenge," you know yeah. it. This should be a movie I love. And so it really comes down to that scene execution. It just, like, the the scripting needed to be tighter or maybe they were just filming it weird. And so even the scene you're talking about that you loved, I actually didn't really enjoy it that much. Hmm. But I... was aware at the time that I'm like, I should love this. I'm like, why d- aren't I loving Interesting. Okay. Bill Murray in a way too tight, like, you know, yes. leotard, like, diver suit with this thing, with this gun strapped to his yeah, leg, yeah. right? And they're like, they're and they like, all look the same, And the music right? is hilarious, yeah. and they're all, like, hunched over and, like, jumping yeah. over stuff. And it's just, like, it visually it was just cracking me up. It was, like, so ridiculous. Yeah. So... It's it's a really uh, a strange movie in that sense to me mm-hmm. in that like in principle I should be really enjoying myself but in yeah. practice I don't end up enjoying myself mm-hmm. when I watch this movie and it's really hard for me to put my finger on why like laziness is just the only thing I keep coming back to it feels like everything's a little bit too lazy mm. 
it feels like people most of the time are just kind of standing around. The line delivery feels sloppy to me in a lot of cases. William Defoe's the only person in this movie that I felt like was delivering lines the way that I would have expected. It felt like he he had like fully committed to this character. Like yes. he he's he's like his energy is like really intense and he's yeah. doing this ridiculous yeah. accent. And everyone else, I'm like, Owen Wilson didn't like mm-hmm. um well uh uh What's her name? Uh, Kate Blanchett? Kate Blanchett, yeah. Kate Blanchett I also thought was very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought her and William Defoe were acting the way that I Willem n- Defoe. Willem. We we know I don't know <laughs> names in this podcast. He's William Defoe. <laughs> People on the podcast were like make sure you say Das Boot correctly, and I'm like no, it's Das Boot. <laughs> That's the only way I know how to say it, right? You know? That's I, what the words are. The, the words on the screen. I read it. It said DOS boot. It's like a <laughs> b- disk you put into the computer to boot MS-DOS. It's a DOS boot. Right? That's 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 it, right? I, uh-huh. I can't I don't have a, a vocal coach. Okay, all right. Okay. You know? All right. I don't I don't have someone here to be like, no, in the German it's actually DOS boot or whatever. <laughs> like I, I don't what how, how am I supposed to do that? <laughs> This is not a high-budget podcast. It's true. We don't have a budget. We, we need, like, thousands of subscribers before we're going to be, like, hiring. Yeah, like a vocal a, coach for A Casey. vocal coach to teach me how to say Das Boot. So, or Willem Dafoe. Or Willem Dafoe. So William Dafoe no, does a great okay. job in this, uh, and so does, let's just say Kate Beckinsale <laughs> no, for some reason. No, it's Blanchett. Okay. Uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett. But I don't feel like anyone else was. Uh, yeah. They just didn't. I kind of, you know, I kind of like Jeff Goldblum. He's always just Jeff Goldblum. That's true. Okay, he was wasn't in it very much, but I agree. That yes. character, I loved that that boat. Like whenever and every time they showed like that ship and like he's always like yes. reclining on something. Yes. It's just so good. Like that stuff is so yes. good. The, I agree. The and visual, the visual gags. I think work really well. He, the the fact that he has like a spyglass that is two spyglasses <laughs> for binoculars when he looks through those that that was cracking me up as well. Uh, yeah, that's this is why I keep saying this movie should be like a favorite of mine. Yeah, and yeah. I just it it's a real it's tough for me. The only thing I keep coming back to is just there's like a really bad execution problem for some reason. It, like uh, one example probably that I could point to that's a really clear one for me is maybe I, I, maybe there's two uh, mm-hmm. that I could use that are are easy to grab onto. Okay. So the scene where like they're on the shore with the jellyfishes. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Birdman. Different jellyfishes on the beach. Different jellyfishes. But I disliked both scenes. (laughs) There's basically this long scene Mm -hmm. where they're on the they're on the beach. This scene has two, uh, well, really three, I guess you could say, primary elements to it. Yeah. One is it's the character intro uh, for Kate Blanchett. Right. Yes. Two. It's the part where Bill Murray asks Owen Wilson to join the crew. Yes. And three, there's sort of the the joke is that he has misidentified the the j- glowing jellyfish. Mm-hmm. They're not. He says they're one thing in mm-hmm. the shot, 
And then Kate Blanchett, after she arrives, is like, that's not what that is. It's this other thing. And Bill Murray looks down and goes, oh, you're right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like taps it with mm-hmm. his foot. So uh, the reason I picked this scene, okay. it's easy for me to remember, is all three things don't work. So mm-hmm, the scene mm-hmm. has three things to do, and all three didn't work. Right. The joke should be funny. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. It, it, like, it does not really come across as humorous. Yes. Yeah. Um, two, the character intro is just kind of boring. She's just sort of standing there on the beach, and the lighting is kind of bad because it's at night, so it just kind of looks like someone shining a light on her. And it, you don't really get any real sense of her other than she's doing... Good. She's a dog reporter. She's well. She's she's showed up there, in you know, in the middle of the night from a fishing yeah. boat, and she's like pregnant or whatever. Yeah. Like you kind of you get the sense that she is determined. Yeah. But that's about it. So it just kind of feels like oh, it's like it almost looks like someone is filming a documentary of the documentary, and we're so the reason we're seeing it like that is because we're just like that's the camera we had on the beach at the time or something. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the part where he asks Owen Wilson to join the crew, I can see why. The In my head, mm-hmm. I can imagine how that exchange was supposed to go. Yeah. Because the lines are actually somewhat funny when you think about them. Mm-hmm. It's like Bill Murray says, like, yeah, I want you to join Team Zissou. And, like, you know, Owen Wilson's like, I you know, don't have the background for it or whatever. And then Bill Murray starts saying something, and uh, Owen Wilson goes, like, the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bill Murray goes, well, it has to be. I can imagine in another Wes Anderson movie this was funny. Mm-hmm. In this movie, it's just a mess. It's like I almost – you almost – it just almost looks like they shot a rehearsal of the scene is the best way I can describe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what it feels like yeah, when like these the, characters say the lines. It's almost like they don't know when they're supposed to say them. Or, it's or, weird. Or like they don't understand. Like, what they mean or something. Like the, yeah, there's this, there's this. it's almost like these people are like talking past each other or mm-hmm. something. Like they're not yes. talking to each other. They're just saying their lines like. Like they were filmed separately and composed, but they obviously weren't. Like they were obviously in yeah. the same shot, Which but I think it's sometimes weird. Wes Anderson movies have the feel of a little bit just because the care i'm assuming it's partly direction his, his, his the people in his movies tend to, yeah. send, tend to talk in this like yeah this kind of yeah. like monotone stilted way yes. and sometimes that can lead to that effect i think where it's just like feels like people are just saying lines at each other and they may not even really understand like why they're saying it or what they're saying it's almost yeah. like they're a puppet or something um I think one of the aspects of this may be, and it would be really interesting to go watch, like, uh, I don't think you'd watch Rushmore because the acting in Rushmore seems like way higher end to me Uh uh, in a a way. Okay. I feel like the Royal Tannenbaums was also that way. Like, the acting is very good. Yeah, so I think Royal Tannenbaums, though, might be a better one to watch because, like, I don't know if anyone's really carrying that. It'd be tough to say. But basically, like, I'd like to see why it's not working here versus there. One thing that I noticed in this is there's just a lot of just we pointed the camera kind of at these two characters and let them have their exchange. Mm -hmm. And it's very diffuse in that Mm -hmm, way. mm -hmm. And I wonder if we went back and looked at ones where it works better, is it more intercut? Are they doing more to, like... Mm-hmm. get face swaps in there, like, you know, matched singles in there or something mm-hmm. that's, yeah. like, producing more of this 
rhythm to the dialogue where they can do it in the edit and get it just right. And here they let it play completely loose and it doesn't work. I I, I can't remember because the other ones when they're working, you don't notice. So I'm not paying attention to Mm -hmm. like how that's working. One thing that's definitely interesting, I, I feel like a little unique about this movie um, for Wes Anderson stuff, is it's actually very, like, production-wise, it's really big in a way that Good his point. sometimes aren't. Like, a lot, this is a lot of outdoor As scenes boat. on boats, with planes, with, yep. hel- like, like it's it, it's a, a bigger production I than agree. a lot of his movies. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if, I mean, there's one scene where they're on the tower, like, in the rain, and, like, you can the voices are like kind of muted, like they were having trouble because he's shooting it from really far away. The ta- like, tower, like they're on the the tower in the pouring rain when they were going to go steal the stuff from okay, uh, yep. Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's shooting it from like really far, really far away. And they're mic'd. I don't know exactly how they're mic'd, but it's not the audio is like not quite interesting. And and, and I was just like, I definitely noticed it at that time where I was like, I think they're you know he's being pretty ambitious in this movie with the shooting, like it's. Um, yeah. It just feels like big. It's like they're out yeah. on this boat. Like they're like legitimately have these big boats and stuff. Yes. Um, which feels a little different. And I don't know if that maybe affected things. I could even believe down it. to the actors. I mean, maybe somebody like Bill Murray was just like not could, having it. I, maybe they were. Maybe it was like not feeling be- great, seasick. It yeah, was. Yeah. It was tired. It was. You know. What I mean, like I can see how something like that might affect the way that people that people's morale do you know what i mean um i so the other thing uh about this is that um the character in the main character in this i might suggest is kind of playing a similar role in some ways to so so if you take rushmore royal tannenbaums and this mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. uh the sort of the it's Bill Murray, Gene Hackman, Bill Murray. Yeah, is sort of playing the same character to a certain degree. Yeah, it's like sort of like a once prominent mm-hmm. but really not anymore old, old man, yeah. um, who is sort of exacerbated at life, but is going to kind of go through some, you know, hijinks and come out the other side better, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Not great, but better. Yeah, but like maybe um, a little more like uh, self awareness at the end of it. Yeah, just just maybe a little bit more like, kinder yeah. or yeah. Uh, more just healed a bit mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it depends on how you want to look at it. Sure. And in the first two movies, I would say they go; those go in descending order for me. Like Rushmore, I would say is you know might be a top ten movie for me. I oh, absolutely wow. love that film. I have not seen Rushmore. You have. Though I didn't remember it very well. No. Uh, should watch it again. <clears throat> and, uh, well, it's a movie that's about the dialogue, so it's probably not going to be one of your faves, right? I'm it's, sure it's, I didn't hate it, because I don't ever hate watching a Wes Anderson movie, because they're <clears throat> always, at least visually, like appealing. But it's a lot less visual. Like, yeah. I don't think it had the money to do... The Royal Tenenbaums is a lot more visual. I remember the Royal Tenenbaums pretty well. And this one yeah. is very visual, mm-hmm. uh, but... but Rushmore's a lot less visual. I, th- I don't think it probably had the budget. Okay. I'm sure if Wes Anderson had infinite money when he made Rushmore, all of the schools would have been, you know, shots would have been much more like special and colored correctly and all these oh, other yeah. things. And I, d- I doubt they had that kind of yeah, budget yeah. for it. So the shots are good, mm-hmm. but they're not that kind of meticulous sort of uh, creative set design and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
<clears throat> so you might be less memorable for you for that reason because you like the visuals and it, they're not great in Rushmore. Mm-hmm. I think it's the thing that Wes Anderson is strongest at. So if it's missing that, um, it's missing, at least for me, like probably my favorite part about Wes Anderson movies. Well, I actually love the dialogue in that movie. Mm. Um, I, I really just love that movie. It, it has, it, it's the thing that I would most want. It, it has everything that I actually love about Wes Anderson movies, mm-hmm. honestly. I don't care that much about the visual. I, I think they're they're neat when he does them. Okay. But uh, I, I'm, I just don't really care that much. I, I appreciate it. I'm like, oh, like the boat in this. I'm like, oh, it's great. Like, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I love the little observation thing at the bottom, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, Someone's yeah. lying in it. Um, I do like those things, but I'm like, if they weren't in a movie or they are, it's not going to make or break it for me. Mm. But I love the exchanges in Ru- something like Rushmore. It's just like, it's the closest thing for me to like listening to a poetic kind of thing. I don't love poems, but I do love dialogue like i love the sound of like a good yeah. rhythmic dialogue and so it really has that there's so many great parts in something like rushmore and in this one it's just not there mm-hmm. and like i said sometimes when i think about the lines in abstract i can almost imagine that it could have been there so i'm just not sure exactly where it went wrong it's weird too cuz it's so many of the same actors too so it's like he always has all the same actors so it's yeah. not that that's um, interesting. I I agree. There's like a lower energy or something. It's just really strange. And you know, as I've this is only the second time I've watched this movie, so I hadn't thought about it much. Having watched this movie now, I really want to go back to probably Royal Tenenbaums, which is the closest other movie I think of his, which I don't love. I think yeah. it's good, but I don't love it. Like if you want to like let's rewatch Royal Tenenbaums, I'm like meh. If you're like I want to rewatch Rushmore, I'm like yes. Mm-hmm. So Royal Tenenbaums is the closest, but it works in that one. Does, and I'd yeah. like to go see, like, what are the, how are the shots constructed? What's the pacing like? Is it just acting that's changed or direction, I should say, maybe, you know, depending on how you look at that? Or are they actually composing the shots differently in a way that helps the pacing? Because I'd like to know. Just, maybe it's just better written. Like, it could just be, could be. That, the, that the... I don't know. I don't know. It's It's really hard to say because his movies do feel... I mean, of any director I can think of, his movies feel the most the same. Of right, I mean, <clears throat> if you go to a Wes Anderson movie, you know exactly what you're getting, more yeah. or less. Yeah. So it is. It's almost. It's kind of interesting to have that much variability when someone's essentially using the same formula. I mean, it feels very much like a Wes Anderson movie. So it's kind of interesting that it can be the the success of that can vary so much. Let me let me say this. I'm not sure. You know, maybe maybe the movie club would would disagree because I'm not 100% confident in this analysis. But I'm going to put it out there okay. just as a point of discussion. Okay. People can kind of make of it what they will. So if I had to if I had to come up with a with a grandiose theory about why this movie fails and why the other movies succeed, there's there's maybe a there is maybe a more highfalutin thing that mm-hmm. could be going on here. So okay. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. Wes Anderson movies almost to a film. And I'll leave out the Fantastic Mr. Fox here because the Fantastic Mr. Fox is someone else's story. So, right, it's a yeah. it's a book adaptation. Yeah. So, leaving out the Fantastic Mr. Fox, the originals, uh Wes Anderson originals, 
everything but the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, Mm -hmm. the formula is actually the mundane Mm -hmm. is treated with reverence. Hmm, That is what I would say. So in other words, in Rushmore, it's a kid going to school who has a crush on his teacher. That's it. That's the entire thing that is happening here. It's a really basic, very simple. They don't even sleep together. So it's not like a, you know, weird, like sort of edgy thing. It's like he just has a crush on the teacher. That's it. Right. There's nothing scandalous. There's nothing unusual or out of the ordinary about it at all. And the whole movie is treated like this is like the most momentous thing. Every shot is that way. It's larger than life all the time, right? Yes, yeah. Royal Tenenbaums, same thing. Yep. It's just a f- dysfunctional well, moon, family. Moonrise Kingdom too. The Moonrise yeah. Kingdom, same thing. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou is that times minus one. It's the inverse of it. Big it's stuff the, treated like little, little stuff. stuff. Like, yeah. like it's like it's the incredibly momentous gunfights, uh, uh, discovery of a new species, shark attacks, and two people dying. Yeah. Like it's just it's inc- three people if you count Esteban. It's like a massive, massive, momentous series of things treated like a joke. And so one way I might, one thing I might throw yeah. out there as a like what went wrong mm-hmm. is maybe Wes Anderson can't go the other way. That's a Maybe he uh, can yeah. only take the mundane and treat it as reverent and revelatory and amazing when we all know it's not. Yep. But that's the magic of I it. I think that's a right? I think that's a fantastic observation and okay. I I think I think you very well could be right because you know we were like before we were like trying to think like everything feels the same like the but, but yeah. that is a huge thing that's different. Yeah. And uh and you could be right. It's like the large scale of this movie, the the sort of like ambitiousness of of the events of it, like how how much happens and how big those things are. Yeah. Fights with the like yeah, that that sort of Wes Anderson style, like trying to tone it down as opposed to taking little things and toning them up. Yes. Um, yes. cuz I think I described it earlier as like low energy. And I feel like that's right. Like the conversations a lot of times feel really low energy. And like, I think it's maybe part of that. It's like trying to take bigger, bigger than life things and like shrinking them down. And I, I, you know, that very well could have been his intent actually. Like, right. I don't know, but it was something that just only just came to me now. No, I think think that's really, really great. I think that's on point. Like I really do. I can't Um, think of, so I I haven't seen um, the Darjeeling Limited. I have not seen I that think one is what it, And The French Dispatch. So I can't speak for those two mm-hmm. uh, because I haven't seen them. Probably should see them at some point. Yeah. Uh, but for every other movie, like I'd say, with the exception of The Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is kind of still in this category to a certain extent, but it's, it's like I said, not his story. So mm-hmm. it's, it I, I'll leave it out of it. It still feels super Wes Anderson. It though. does. I, you know, I do wonder if maybe it's just like this formula, the way that he's seeing... You know, the way that he sees it through the lens. Yeah. When it's trying to aggrandize things, mm-hmm. it just works. Yes. He knows what to do. Mm-hmm. The style comes together. The actors get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe when you do the flip size, when, you mi- when you're minimizing, which yeah. is farces. So that's what a farce is, mm-hmm. in a way, to me. A farce is when you take something... That would ordinarily be very dramatic, very stressful, very yep. momentous, yes. very important, 
and you treat it silly. Yeah. It's like, you know, oh, mm-hmm. ha ha, you know, the king is doing this and that, right? You know, it's always, it's always like something very grand, very dramatic, something we would all be stressed about. Mm-hmm. And instead, it's just silly and lighthearted and people slipping on banana peels and whatever else you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, you know, this is definitely a farce. And I wonder if maybe he just doesn't do farce. Really? Because I, I kind of think that this movie struggles a little bit with that concept because I'm like thinking about I'm thinking about what I said earlier about how the ending actually felt like it worked a little bit for me, but not because of the farceness, because for the first time in the movie, I actually felt like a, an emotional sort of feeling. Which part, can you be more specific about the ending? Because you've been seeing it comes I'm not sure what you mean by the ending. I, uh, I really liked when they're in the sub okay, and they see the shark and... Steve Zizou sort of has like a moment of of uh, validation. Yeah, and and like peace and something. And yeah. and then everyone around him sort of like supportively yeah. like puts their hand on him. And yeah. I thought that was that was actually like a really sweet moment. Um and I think it's interesting to think about in the context of what you just said because it's like that moment wasn't making light of it. Right. It was actually taking itself. It was taking the emotions of the characters like seriously. Yes. What for what felt for for me felt like one of the first times. Agreed. And it worked for me. And and the rest of the movie is like sort of diminishing that. And so I wonder if it's if it's that where it's like by taking the little things and and adding weight to them and emotion to them, you get something right. Whereas like this one just felt like I mean, think about like when when um, Ned's is Ned's his name. Ned is Owen Wilson's character. Owen Wilson, yeah. When he dies... It's Kingsley Ned that's Zissou. Right. When he dies, it's just kind of like... It's like no one cares. It's like, it's brushed... It's hardly even... Like, I think as a viewer, you're you're kind of sad because you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But but the, it doesn't... It Like, the, the movie doesn't treat that with no. any weight. No, it doesn't. Which is really strange. It, the movie doesn't even notice that he died, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, and it's just... It's so strange to me. And I, I, it's, it's so, I, I feel like what you said earlier is spot on where it's like, yeah, Wes Anderson is like intentionally trying to be like, yeah, look at all these big things. Let me make them, the characters treat them as though they are. Well, and nothing. you know, I think that might also help explain why, uh, Willem Dafoe there you go. is so good in this film Yeah, because he, unlike almost everyone else in it, mm-hmm. seems like he gets what a farce is. He's like, yeah. he's understands the Marx Brothers mm-hmm. and the Three Stooges and yeah. whatever, right? His energy he's, is totally different than all the other characters. He's got that sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, th- one of the scenes that I remember is like with, when Bill Murray uses a double negative, like people who aren't with me don't step yeah, over the yeah, line. Yeah, 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 weird thing, like he says. And William Willem Dafoe steps forward. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And he just... He totally got how to do that, right? And yeah. then he's like, steps back. He's like, oh, I I thought you said I didn't know we're doing it. Okay, let's do it again. And he like comes back. He's got that farcical comedic timing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and I'm not I'm not really usually a Willem Dafoe fan. I can tell you for sure he is nailing this role because if I'm like Willem Dafoe is great in this movie, yeah, yeah. he must be really great because I don't have any particular proclivity for him. Some people are Willem Dafoe fans. They probably think he's great in everything. But the point is... He understood how yeah. these farcical scenes played, and I don't think anyone else did. I agree. I think there uh, was. It did feel a lot like many of the actors, and per- maybe a lot of that. Maybe that was direction, like them just not feeling like they were, yeah, given the the the, the right information. 
Even when um, he's, he when he confronts Owen Wilson and slaps him in the face, mm-hmm. even the way he, like he understands what a farcical slap is, mm-hmm. I would argue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's this weird motion that's way too brief. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like everyone else is doing the actual motion. Yes, yeah. Even Bill Murray, which is odd because he kind of knows You know, I this think another, stuff, another scene that felt really strange was the when the pirates come on their ship. So strange. Because it suddenly felt like gritty realism. I mean, these were actual guns, and the way they were treating it wasn't farcical. It was like... It's so strange. And it feels tonally so weird. He Whereas, shoots a guy in the head. Yeah. yeah like, and, it's and so the, strange. And it's like they're literally acting like real pirates. And I'm like, that scene probably would have worked a lot better if it had been more Wes Anderson. Like, But he was. it, it seems pretty clear he was trying to do... Like a little more realistic with some of this stuff, and it, it's it's like it just ends up feeling messy and I one hundred percent agree. Like the that pirate stuff was so bizarre to me because so the the opening I couldn't so like well for uh, sorry to interrupt but no, like please. the last scene with the pirates where he finds them all sitting at the table yeah. that feels better to me that feels like how these pirates should have felt, which is like a little bit silly. But it doesn't but it doesn't actually resolve the way. No, no, no but so I just mean that specific moment where yeah. he like looks in and they're all just like playing yes. cards or whatever. Like yeah. that to me works great for what pirates in this movie should probably well, feel like. I can imagine the scene like so to me, like if if it actually was a Wes Anderson movie, which it really just doesn't feel like it is, mm-hmm. it would have been like the pirates and you know Bill Bill Murray would like we will have to meet to discuss this immediately or whatever. And then they're both the, the cut shot and it's the two of them sitting at a table that's there now for some reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like discussing the terms of like what's going to happen with the ship or something yep. with both pe- all the people on either side yeah, standing yeah, yeah, behind yeah. them yeah. or whatever. Right. That to me, that's like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. This is like it's like Die Hard. Yes. Shot poorly. Yes. Like, like, there's no other way to explain it. No, I, I agree. don't know why this scene is in the it, film. It, it totally, it totally feels wrong. It does. Yeah. And your brain is so confused you about how to it. process. You can't process it. You You're can't just handle like, it. Yeah. To me, it definitely feels like, um, at the end of the day, a direction issue. I think just because. Well, and the tonal thing that that we were talking about there is is pretty obviously at work there. It's like yes. this is a gun battle where somebody gets shot in the head and people are getting taken hostage and stuff. Wes Anderson doesn't know how to dumb that down. Like, he doesn't know how to turn that into farcical. If it was the opposite, if it was kids playing in their family's living room, and Wes Anderson was going, and they were doing a pirate-like thing, and Wes Anderson was going to treat it like a real hostage scenario, that probably works. But the opposite, which is a real hostage scenario treated like some kids in their family living room playing pirate... Just for whatever reason, it yeah. I, I don't know why he can't do it, but it seems like he can't. No, I think I think that's pretty much spot on. I think that's probably the most concise way of sort of describing why this yeah. movie doesn't really work. I thought the ending so you were talking about the part with the leopard print shark. The thing. shark, yeah, at the very end. Um Jaguar shark or something. Yeah. Well, Side um, note, just about the animals. I love all the animals. In all this the movie. animals, the were fake great. animals, the beautiful like stop ocean animation, Absolutely just fantastic. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. I no no complaints there. That was a great idea, mm-hmm. and it worked fantastically. Yes. Um, and it was a delight any time it was oh, on the scene. Absolutely. In fact, 
one of the only parts where I actually thought Bill Murray's character was funny in here. Mm -hmm. There's like maybe a handful, right? Mm -hmm. One was the revenge one, which I liked. Mm -hmm. But the other part that I, you know, very few stand out. I absolutely loved the part where uh, there's like a little bug on his hand. Mm -hmm. And like someone says like, what is that or whatever? And he's like, or no, someone tells him what it is. And he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And he just flicks it and it goes flying. (laughs) Like, so, you know, the, the animals were just, Charming all the time. Oh, delightful! Yeah, um, just so so cute, so creative, and yeah. they lent, they they gave the movie a great feel. They did one that I think was a little bit wasted on the on the tone, like we were just talking about. But anyway, you were mentioning the ending. I sorry to interrupt, but um, you know, and thinking it through, actually, uh, yeah, maybe that's the movie I actually wanted. Yeah. from him is thinking thinking about it now is like what I actually wanted is like it's it's a kid who pretends he's Jack Cousteau, who goes out in his rowboat every day yeah. and, like, pretend these creatures aren't real, the sea creatures aren't real, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that version of this movie from Wes Anderson is probably amazing. I, I, like, you could even when imagine I'm thinking a, about it. You can it. even imagine a revenge story where he's, yes. you know, yeah. Yeah, um, it's like, I, so, so I hadn't put that together, but, yeah, it, come to think of it, it's just, it's the wrong direction it's the wrong aggrandizement direction for his style Mm -hmm. and but there is a version of this movie a very different one that i do want to see now Mm -hmm. that i'm saying that Mm -hmm. because all the little creatures alternatively to this movie with the scale and the scope it has but more successfully doing the farce could have probably been good too Yes, I just don't, I don't know who that is. Like, I don't know what filmmaker is that. There aren't many people who do that sort of thing. Oh, uh, you know who probably could do it? Mm. Is that uh, the guy whose name, uh, Edgar Wright. Mm -hmm. I never remember. That's kind of an Edgar Wright kind of thing, probably. Yeah. Right? Yeah, taking like actual dark, dramatic stuff. Very slick, but lots of visual jokes. Kind of like Hot Fuzz was that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was great. Shaun of the Dead, right? Where it's like talking about zombie apocalypse or whatever, and you've managed to make it kind of funny. So, yeah. Uh, Edgar Wright maybe was the person to make Mm -hmm. this movie. Like, maybe that's the thing. And it's just, you know, there's a Wes Anderson version, and it's probably great, but they didn't go that way for whatever reason. The... Back to the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I would ar- also argue that everything pretty much after the tiger shark part was great too. Like when he's just sitting outside, when Bill Murray's just sitting outside the theater while it's filming. Movie screening, yeah. That's what Bill Murray's great at. And he's, it was fantastic. We're mm-hmm. just sitting there. You just you got a lot of emotion from that scene mm-hmm. in a way that you hadn't been getting mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was like almost like felt a little lost in translation-y. You're getting mm-hmm. those like good mm-hmm. Bill Murray is lonely and kind of but somewhat a little optimistic vibe. You know, it's just good. It's yeah. just good. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, and he's not even in there watching the film, which is, mm-hmm. you know, also a good writing choice, yes. right? So, you know, I don't I don't know. You can see that it yeah. could be working because at the end it sort of is, and they just, you know. That's why I say the ending is disappointing because yeah. I actually felt emotional about yeah. the, when the sub scene. Like, I yeah. felt like that was a really lovely scene. Yeah. Um, and the movie didn't, yeah, really earn it, and, uh, and and there wasn't and much of that. And you got a glimpse of like how it maybe could have, how it and it's, been. it's like, oh, hmm. Yes, yes. But to be honest, I feel like we got a lot out of this. You were you were all like, I don't know what I'm going to say other than that it's a mess. But man, I feel like I feel like. Uh, I feel well, like that's because we I hadn't thought about that thing about yeah. change the direction. You know, I, 
you're talking about a movie you want to try and think it through, and I hadn't thought of anything, so I'm glad I thought of something. There's a lot I do enjoy about this movie. I would say visually. Visually, there's a lot I really enjoy. I I did, uh, as just some closing thoughts on positive things about the movie, Mm -hmm. I I agree that the visuals were always really interesting. Yeah. I also really liked some of the, like, visual jokes. Mm -hmm. For example, at the beginning... They sort of established this idea that, like, in order to talk to each other, there are these little boxes with white buttons that you push uh-huh, yeah. on them. And at first you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. But it's, you know, just kind of a establishing mm-hmm. thing. And it's similar to the everyone gets a Glock except interns or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then, it, like, halfway through the movie, he's, like, talking with the reporter He's like, do you want to go up in my balloon? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, then the way he tells him to get back down is there's one of those boxes on the back of the balloon oh, for yeah, some yeah, reason, yeah. right? And so I like those kind of little visual like surprises where it's like, oh, we remember that thing we kind of were doing mm-hmm. while we're still doing it. And I I, I like those. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was a number of those little kind of things. There's a lot of attention that. to detail in, the, in yeah. just like the environments and the sets and stuff in this movie. And I do think in general, he does do a pretty nice job handling like all of the... I mean the different location, like like you're on these he's on the boats and stuff out in the in, out in the water, and I think that's yeah. <clears throat> those are yeah. not easy conditions to make a movie, and I would I would think, and so you know, I think he handled all that well, and visually it always works, um, but yeah, otherwise a bit of a miss. I do wonder if maybe you're right too about the fact that I, I wonder how much this was too challenging for them in terms of like. Production, production yeah. where, you know, that was sapping like a lot of mental energy so that when it was time to actually do the shots, yeah. they were like worn out. I mean, stuff. to get out to the location yeah. and I it just I right. wonder if it was a hard shoot. I don't know. That could just yeah. be totally wrong. Y- yeah, we have no idea. But it's it's a good point because for all we know, it was much more challenging to them. And maybe they were like, you know, it, because obviously they were fine, like they got it all done. So mm-hmm. they succeeded at shooting it, but maybe like that constant, there could have been like a constant drain on them that, you know, we don't see because we don't know all the stuff they had to go through well, to get everything set up. Well, they were clearly a location you know, somewhere and... Uh, and having to be on the boat and having probably another boat that they shoot from or... You have to get to the boat. Uh, who and knows like, what? Yeah. I mean, maybe they just park the boat somewhere on a dock. I don't know what they do, but... All of it's Either probably way. harder than if we're on a soundstage. Absolutely, yeah. Of someone's apartment. And you have to worry about the right, weather conditions, the water yeah. conditions, like the wind. I could believe that's yeah. You know, could I, be I, that's too. that's definitely not the reason for the movie not working. No, but I'm sure it, like it's. It I could didn't believe help. it was a contributing factor for for yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, I I think we're basically done. I don't think I have anything else to say. So that was the Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizu. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Molly Movie Club. Yeah. Uh, We don't actually have the final schedule still when we're recording this, I don't think. Or do we? No, we do. We do? We do. All right. Well, I'm going to avoid saying what the next movie is in case I say it wrong. Only Anna. Anna is keeper of the schedule, so only she knows what the next movie is. But whatever the next movie is. I believe it's going to be the French film The Big Blue. The Big Blue. Which I all have never seen. I never even heard of it. I w- I thought it'd be good to to, like you know, you do foreign film, 
Wes Anderson. Like, I, you know, I try to I try to curate it in a way where it's like you're not watching too much of the same sort of like kind of movie in a row. Why is it like the big blue and not like Le Grand Bleu or something? I think that's like actually I think that's actually the French title. Oh well, wait. Why are we okay? Why do I have to learn to speak German to say Das Boot? Why can't I just say the boat or something? You could say the boat. So okay, so we're seeing the boat and big blue. Okay. The big blue. The big blue. The big blue. Yeah. I actually know how to say French, sort of Le Grand Bleu. <laughs> Right? <sighs> You're making me say a language I don't know how to say, which is German. Weltenschauen. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how to say very many things in German okay. or at all. Wow. But definitely, I definitely don't know sorry how to say Sorry to our boot. German listeners. I know we have a few of them, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't take, we had, of the classes we had in high school, there was Spanish, Latin, German, and French. Mm-hmm. Those were the four that they offered, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, no Japanese. Thanks, guys. So I didn't get to learn the language that would have been useful to me in industry. Uh, so I took French instead of German. And so as a result, I can probably sort of say Le Grand Bleu, although that's probably not great pronunciation. I find French to be very hard to pronounce. When I was there, I was like, I couldn't really communicate. <laughs> Pronunciations it are is, hard. It, it is hard because it's very fluid. Yeah. You know, it's a very yeah. like. Because you read a word, you know, it's all letters you recognize, but then you just, I never know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for thanks for listening and we will uh, we'll see you in the comments. Yes, we will. And uh, I'd be interested to hear from movie club members if they think my high flute theory has any value. Yeah. Uh, or not, because that was definitely on the spot. I no. When um, you said so, that, for me, it clicked. I was okay. like, "That sounds well, right." We got one taker. Any other takers out there in the movie club? Yeah. Tell us what yeah. did you think? Yeah, and let us know. If there's anyone out there who really liked this movie, that would be interesting to hear. Uh, like, me- meaning you didn't think this was like a low point of the Wes Anderson right, films. Right. You you actually thought it was up there with his other ones or something. Um, or, or maybe you liked the tone, like maybe maybe you, you hate Wes Anderson movies and loved this one because it is a bit different. I don't know. Uh, well, anyway, let we, us know. we'd love to hear your thoughts. So let yeah, us know. Let us know. And we will. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.